Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, everybody out there in uh, Margaronaville. Uh, <coughs> searching for our lost shaker of uh, testing. And they may say that there's a, a Chinaman to blame, but I know it's my own damn fault. Anyway, Caitlin Batterson, Midwest also P for P Real Talk in the house. And if you, yes, you, you stay-at-home individual, are looking for a <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But just look for something. <laughs> just don't look for the Roma. Just don't look for the Roma. How about that? Find some red and blue lights. Light and see. Do it. And uh, stay healthy. That's what we want. But anywho. Yes. <laughs> we want you to take that vitamin C, psycho, drug-free athlete knows how to do it. And well, they will take that uh, Mack truck and do what, Desiree? <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna drive through some ice cream, maybe. <laughs> yeah, how about that? <laughs> I'm thinking that's what it is. There you go. Well, anyway, check us out at p4pmuscle.com and now. Let's chit chat without the Rona. I'm a goner without well, the Rona. Please, I'm a wow. <laughs> please let can we? Can we? I don't know. I don't I feel like I'm feeling like those folks in Maine or wherever they were at, all those states that took to the streets because they have just had enough. I've had yes. enough. I've had enough. And that's all I have well, to say I, about that. I have more to say about that, but okay. uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll see how Des is doing before we go any further. <laughs> I was the one that was just talking. <laughs> okay, well I'm going to jump in then, and I'm going to. Uh, well, here's the thing. It's it's we have this mass exodus from activity, and no one in their yes. right minds has stayed in their right mind because of it. But also, because everyone's basically trying to stay at home and, and do everything with staying at home, no one has started a proper solution as to what to do after that. And that is no, the biggest concern right. we're seeing in the natural bodybuilding community as well. Everyone's saying that they're pissed off, but there's no solutions being provided to make a better future going forward. And it's a perfect segue for what we're dealing with in, in the natural bodybuilding community as well as in life. But we've talked about this many times. You know, we, we deal with life, we deal with everything on a certain personal basis, but when it actually becomes a personal matter, it goes a little bit deeper, and that's what people are dealing with because, you know, we've seen a lot of people saying how tough they are and how everyone else is a sheep, and but they're nev- no one's ever providing solutions. And that's what we're going to be dealing with today is some kind of solution factor instead of just saying, you know, life sucks and we're pissed off about it. Okay, well, what then? How do we get back to a solution, a soluble solution that can be done? And this is being happening, it's happening in life, and we're also looking as to why no one's basically been speaking about this in the natural bodybuilding uh, side as well, as to, all right, even if we get everything running, what parameters are going to be in in place to provide the safety and confirmation of protection that the athletes will be looking for going into these shows that we're talking about. I'm not talking about the one where, uh, you know, that's going to be done online, but the ones that are going to be held live, how are we going to deal with seating? How are we going to deal with contagion constraints and how are we going to do deal with protecting the athletes? the promoters, and the venue itself. So we can't go into this blind thinking everything's going to work itself out. There has to be some kind of parameters put in place. And thankfully, and thank God for this lady, Atara, she's been, you know, asking. And, and, and so I put out little feelers with the people I know. Because going forward, we can't go back. And I think a lot of people are under that misunderstanding that normal 
going to be what we've been dealing with prior. Normal is normal. And we've got to basically go into that with the understanding that this is something that we're having to do with. We can't worry about it. This is a real thing. And, you know, just today, it seems like I can't get away from it. Just today, I had someone I had grown up with, and she's seven days into dealing with this. Where everybody's telling her fake news and she's scared to even talk about it. And I'm thinking, you know, what what kind of world are we living in where we can't even be truthful about what's happening and what's going on? You know, if 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 whoever and whoever else and whoever your trusted friend of a friend of a friend is, I'm talking about reality. And if you want to close your eyes to it, that's fine but we can't close our eyes to the truth and expect people not to be harmed in that process. So I'm going to pass it over to Des, and you're going to bring our guest in, and if not, I'll bring the guest in because this is a topic that we definitely need to address, and I thank God that we've had the opportunity to do so. Okay? You are on a roll. Keep it going. Okay. Well, uh, the, I, I, the role that I'm on has basically been buttered and warmed up just nice and perfectly by Ms. Tara because she's been really on this and she's got a lot of things going on in her head and I love to hear the rollout of it and some of the things that can be done to protect the athletes, the promoters, and the venue itself as well as the people in attendance if there are any. Tara, please introduce yourself and let's get this show going. Thank you so much for the introduction. Kaylin, Desiree, I appreciate you having me, and thank you for entertaining the ideas that I was talking about. I am a former competitor, and now I coach women in posing presence and mindset for competition and life. So I've I've been talking to a lot of my clients about, you know, what this is going to look like, because like you both have said, this can't go back to how it was and how we know it because that just isn't the world we're living in right now. It's just like, you know, 9-11. When that happened, there were protocols that got put in place, and now, even almost a decade later, whenever we fly, we see the, like, effect of that because we have to take extra precautions. We have to be there early. Somebody has to look through our bags. We have to go through security. And a lot of the things that we used to enjoy before then, like having our families at the gate to say goodbye or welcome us back, that's just not available to us anymore. So how is this going to affect our, not only our world, but our, our natural bodybuilding world as we know it? And how do we be prepared for that? Because I think the bigger, the bigger question is, why is nobody talking about this? If we have shows that are coming up in weeks, months, you know, like, why do we not have people touching on these subjects? Like, there may not be an audience. You may have to practice social distancing on stage. You know, it may just be you and the judges. And how does that change the dynamic of the show? Because it makes it a competition and takes the kind of the entertainment value out of it, in my mind. Uh, I can, I, I'm quite sure with that. And that there's a lot of things that aren't being addressed simply because everything's been so polarized. And mm-hmm. as human beings, we have to find common ground. And I think that's the one thing that we don't address by basically saying you're wrong and someone else saying, well, this is a lie and someone else saying this is a hoax. The truth is never addressed. There is a problem. And like you said, with 9-11, we couldn't have the buildings falling down and saying, well, you know, we don't know who to believe as to how it happened. Instead of saying, well, something's happened, how do we address that it doesn't happen again? Because it seems like we're, we're be, there's a cyclical thing, and I'm not saying cyclical as an S-I-C-K, but like cycle, where, where you have pandemics just keep coming up because the hygiene is going down. And, you know, it's one of the things that is glaring. If you're talking about with with issues, people's health has been withdrawn, and so people are getting sick. If if it's people's health and not the car, then they're getting bad. And so there's, there's things that are happening that we can't have happen 
and we have to address that. So what are some of the things we can do moving forward? Just, I mean, let's just start brainstorming and see some serious way of getting things done uh, that can be, you know, financially done, uh, financially soluble, and sustainable going forward in the future. So are you looking for, like, different types of, like, what could be protocols that people could follow or even just scenarios? So I I think that, you know, I think that even even just starting with, you know, the shows opening back up, like at least acknowledging the fact that most people, when they're in competition shape, are like their immune system is compromised. They are not at their peak of health, if if you will. And how people need to be extra careful when they are like that, because they're susceptible to get sick. So how can we take make sure that competitors understand that? And if they're going back into competition, what are some precautions they can take to make sure that they are maybe at the best health that they can show up at and that they're not exposing themselves, you know, unnecessarily to too many people? You know, this is, this is just tough. I agree that we can't go back 100% to the way we were, but trying to balance how far we actually have to deviate, now, that, that's the question. And when you're trying to determine how many people someone can be around at any given point to determine if they're safe enough to do anything, even like stepping on stage, you know, that's, that's a whole lot of living that goes on in a person's life. And, you know, part of it is just preparing your mindset for how you can thrive going forward and leaving the fear factor behind. Because, yes, this, this corona is something that's knocked us on our ear for sure. Um, and but for the life of me, I'm still trying to figure out why that is, because this isn't the first time we've dealt with something like this. We've not like we dealt with it in this manner, but we deal with infectious disease on the daily, but none of it has quite taken us by storm like this one has. And um, the first step has got to be the mindset. And, and after that, I mean, I think the organizations really have to take a look at um, where they fit in this leadership position as far as health because they've never really had to address health before on this level. It's always been yeah. just the natural athlete and, and that's it. And I don't know how much of a role that they can actually because you can't mandate that your athlete sure. well, that your athlete takes all of the vitamins that they need to take, that your athlete is staying away from, you know, X, Y, Z to make sure that their immune system is as healthy as they can be. You know, I really don't know, but you have to decide. Each person individually has to decide, am I going to continue to stay and hide or am I going to live? And then after the organizations decide how they are going to position themselves in the aftermath of corona, then they have to share that vision with the promoters, and the promoters need to determine, are they going to embrace it or are they not? And that seems like the starting point to me. But I, have, I, I couldn't tell you, I haven't heard any rumblings from any organization heads. They know, they know they have promoters moving forward, but no one has stepped forward and said, this is the stance we're taking as we as we position bodybuilding to uh, thrive in the future. Uh-huh. And that's and, and to Kaylin's point, why is nobody saying anything? And I I can't tell you. So I mean, you know, the hand washing is great. Uh-huh. You know, I don't know if people who come in if they have to wash before they come in, if they want to wear masks when they come in. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> There's just a lot of I don't know. And I, I have to be cautious because I think that my views on life after corona may be more liberal than, than a lot of folks out there. 
so, you know, I don't want to appear insensitive, but uh, I have a lot of faith, A, just in, you know, God's got this under control, and I don't think the end is yet, but that's just my opinion. B, in the body's ability to heal naturally and build up immunities to the things that we have going on. But then when you're dealing with athletes that are in a compromised immune position, how can you go to that exercise to protect them, especially when they're tanned and they can't walk? I don't know what you think. Yeah. That's it. And, and those, even those things like tanning, hair and makeup for, for the female competitors, you know, those are things that we don't think about that when we think about what's going on right now. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm talking to my clients, they're like, how are people going to get tanned if they can't wash their hands? And, you know, if they can't, you know, things like that. And if we have makeup, is the makeup artist going to be able to apply makeup, you know, with, are they going to have to wear a mask or is it going to be like business as usual, you know, because some of the, some of the states have different mandates and different like phase phases that they're going to go through. So, you know, and this is too up to the promoters, like how many people can gather, can they have, you know, just the classes in there? Is it going to be live stream, you know, and that, also begs the question, how are the promoters going to make money if they can't sell tickets? Right. Yep. Well, I want to step uh, step into the, the realm of the tanning because, you know, some people have actually been ahead of the game uh, long before this stuff became an issue simply because of the passion they have for their their their, their job. I mean, like Ivy Potter, mm-hmm. I know, had already been setting the platform for changing out with her, her tools and utensils for tanning or basically uh, it was that bikini bite. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. So all of these things <laughs> she was already doing when, when you have the hygiene because this was a big concern for her because I guess she had dealt in the past with someone having a cold and her doing everything she could not to basically pass that along to to another competitor uh-huh. by accident. And she just put that into her program, you know, going into the future. And this was uh, the Spartan Classic out in Iowa. I think that was maybe five years ago. So she's actually been ahead of the game. And I know there's uh, Shanna Clemens does something like that with uh, Tan Perfect. So, you know, there's people out there that are already addressing that without addressing that, just dealing with, you know, basically personal hygiene and concern for mm-hmm. competitors. Um, I'm praying that, you know, this will be something that opens the door for, for, you know, talking openly about some of the things that have to be addressed because, you know, it's not just enough now to basically promote a show, just like it's not just enough for a competitor to step on stage without being ready to present a, a competitive body on stage, mm-hmm. that used to be one of the things that used to be overlooked, you know, just because you had so many competitors, there was the question of how many people are actually ready to compete. Now I think the next thing is going to be, you know, now that we've basically closed the door on the perverted uh, promoter, now you're going to have to be, you know, addressing the fact that moving forward, how are we protecting the athletes from the community, you know, if they're put, if, because some people do a lot of, uh, at things to compete, and I think one of the things that's going to have to be addressed is if there's that career uh, hygiene issue, you know, because like like Dad is saying, we have things that are just <laughs> part of natural bodybuilding. <laughs> You're not going to be smelling the best on stage, even though you might look like an absolute knockout from a distance. Mm-hmm. Thank God you're at a distance, but how much space are we going to have to have on stage and definitely we can't be cramming 21 people uh, on stage like we've done in the past. So, that, you know, there's things that can be done. They might make the show go a little bit longer. Yeah, but I think but I mean, like, can I, go ahead. Can I mean, really, if, if we're going to get to that, I mean, is it as simple as do you take their temperature before they come on, go on, all of that stuff? If they're, They may be immune compromised because they're in a weakened state, but that doesn't make them sick. So if they're not sick, mm-hmm. what difference does it make how many people are on the stage? It's the how do you determine 
are you sick? Are you not sick? Because I mean, I mean, let's think about it, guys. Before Corona, have we ever heard of an outbreak of any kind of any natural athlete after they've competed? Where there have been 40 athletes at a show that all came down sick with the same thing. Have we ever heard that? Not 40. Maybe five or six. Well, okay. Well, even five or six. I mean, and that's where you've got more information on that than I have, Kaylin, because I've never even heard of five or six. Well, I've I've seen it happen uh, many times where they do the show, they get home, and then they're sick for weeks because someone, you know, just was basically competing even though they were feeling a little under the weather. And because of the the shared environment, you know, they, they got a little little under the weather, you know, basically a really bad cold, head uh, migraine and stuff like that. And so, you know, it's not unprecedented. And, you know, when you consider what we're talking about and the significance and the risk, I, I I would be more at ease, I guess the best way to say it, if there was some spacing on stage for the athlete, because uh-huh. where I don't have that fear, it might be a demon for the next person that really has a heart to compete, but has that, you know, unearthly fear of getting on stage, being in, in a close environment with a competitor that might be under the weather. Then that competitor just really should not be. I mean, that's what it comes down to. I mean, how how do you get it through the competitor's head who is sick? Don't come because that's where I have issue is penalizing every mm-hmm. healthy person for that sick person who doesn't get it. And unfortunately, that's how you have to do it if the sick person doesn't want to play by the rules. But that makes it largely unfair. And I. I mean, athletes are already complaining about how long a show takes. So, you know, how, you know, I mean, if everyone has to come in, just like you have to either take a poly if that's how the organization is running or whatever you're doing, if you got to have your temperature taken when you check in and temperature taken before you get on stage, then that might be the thing. And if you don't pass, then you don't go. Then you don't compete. And it, and it really could be, that could be part of it. It could really be that simple now how you you know what you have to do to take temperatures because obviously you can't just use you know a mouth thermometer you're going to have to figure out something different and you know what expense that that is i have no idea but i you know i just cannot get behind penalizing every healthy person for that one person who and i mean they can say well i didn't know but if you get up and you have a fever or a slight, or, I mean, and I realize there are people that could be carriers that don't show any symptoms coming out too, but that's with any illness. So, you know, I really don't know, but I just hate the fact that, uh, that yeah. all that, uh. I don't know. I, I just don't you know, know because I, I am not going to be the one to go to the extreme. I I understand being conscientious. I understand taking precautions. I want everyone to be safe. But if you're looking yeah. to me to jump on the back, you're going to just be like, okay, two people on stage and 20 feet apart. And no, I, oh, I no. won't be that person. Don't do it there. I won't Don't be that it. person. I won't be that Don't person. And there is, there is no venue with a large enough backspace to house any kind of number of athletes where they're not in close proximity. And I don't know, there's just, I don't see the way that the financials work when we start doing that. I don't. Uh I just, I don't know. I want solutions, but I don't have it. But I'm not going to be like, yeah, just limit it to 10 people (laughs) per show. And that's, and only the ones who are in tip top shape. (laughs) No, I I can't be that person. Yeah, you definitely, you definitely. You definitely can't put restrictions on like that. And maybe, you know, like maybe we have to follow some kind of social distancing where people have a little bit more. Honestly, that might be okay on stage because that would give all of the competitors space to do what they are going to do anyways. And Mm -hmm. maybe feel like they can do it without, you know, feeling boxed in or whatever. But, you know, does that also mean that the judges have to sit, six feet apart so uh, 
now it's like if we and and the audience because of the you know how many people can gather is kind of up in the air so if you even have audience they would be spread out you know like when when we talk about opening theaters and things like that you know you can't sit next to somebody or something like that so maybe not super extreme like two people on the stage but maybe it's like four or five six well it just depends on the size right of the, mm-hmm. yeah. of the stage. Um, because, you know, so classes it won't matter. Some classes, only two people show up. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, but the really popular classes, it matters. And it matters a lot. Mm-hmm. And the other mm-hmm. part of it is just judging. If you can't see everyone together, how do you, mm-hmm. I mean, and and I'm going to talk about, you know, height classes and weight classes because clearly you can't always just see everyone together because that's why we get divided sure. up. There's just too many of us. But, sure. you know, how how does – then I think the criteria comes down on the judges even more that there's even more yeah. – um, even higher expectations, I should say, of the judges to really know their stuff because – they're yep. having to take so many more looks at smaller groups versus all together. And you don't have that luxury of being able to see the big picture. You're going to have a lot of smaller chunks, and the overall is going to become even more important. Yes, indeed. But these are the things that have to be basically put out there because these questions, I, I love how Mike said it in the video today. If one person is asking openly, there's 10 people that are thinking it we're not not really wanting to uh-huh. risk at So, you know, it's something that has to be addressed. We can't think that this is going to just go away on its own. And that's uh-huh. why we have open uh, time and real talk. So this stuff can be looked at. And basically before the, the you know, your foot hits the floor the foot, uh, at the venue, this is already something you already know for certain in your heart and soul that it's been spoken about. And, you know, my, my concerns are being met. Because it's it's mm-hmm. always nice to, to complain and, and say something needs to be done, but something is a what and how are we going to go about it because just complaining isn't enough. And I think that's where yep. some people get lost in the shuffle that we're doing currently where you get polarized and say, well, you're wrong, and then I tell you you're wrong, and then nothing is being done. This is not a way to sustain anything, especially a nation or, or, or anything of that matter. So if we're not doing what needs to be done to protect the athlete and letting them know for sure they're being protected, then we're part of the problem as well. And I don't want to be part of that problem. If we have to have, you know, five or ten minutes more to, to, to get this done, that's fine. I, I've always thought that, you know, and this is just a personal thing for me, where instead of having 20 people on stage, you have five people out there, five people out there, five people out there, and you know how they put them on the corners. I always thought that was a good idea to see the best of the best. And as a judge, I can tell you the top five if I'm looking, mm-hmm. unless it's at one of the bigger shows, and then you have to basically break it down with, uh, you know, three or four rounds. But to me, that just makes the show more more entertaining. It's to say, wow, you know, everybody looks great. And who's going to make that top five? So that brings up the suspense. There are things that can be done to address the, the needs of the audience, the needs of the promoter, and the needs of the competitor all in the same form with disrespecting anyone at the venue mm-hmm. in, in, any, in, in any way, shape, or form. The thing that I'm speaking about, and it's a big concern for me, is that we're not talking about it at all. And, and, and if the, I don't want to get to the venue. And, you know, like when I, I think one of the biggest things in the past was when you get to the venue and you see the criteria online, and then you get to the venue and it's changed. That's a big letdown for the competitors. Now imagine that tenfold when you talk about getting to the venue, and then you find up find out all these parameters that are now being addressed once you mm-hmm. get into the building. This is this, this yeah. Competitors are already at a disadvantage mentally. You don't want to take them out of their game before they even get on stage, because then you're not going to have a good show. You're not going to have good competition, and basically it. it I don't want it to fall apart because we didn't address what needed to be addressed before people get there. And this is something that promoters and, and, you know, uh, organizational heads have to start looking into now before 
everyone gets in the venue, and then you find out it's a cluster that I'm not going to finish that book. I think yep. I think this is a I think that Des touched on mindset earlier, and I think that's the most important thing that we can address right now because there are so many more mental challenges for competitors currently than perhaps there have been before. So if we talk about the different scenarios that might happen, I think that's helpful to the competitors out there listening because then they have it, they've heard it as a possibility. So it isn't a surprise. I mean, I've been, I was at junior nationals one year and they had, you know, the expediter came back and said, everyone's going to do three poses instead of four. And I was like back there freaking out, mind blown, right? Because I could not adapt and overcome in that moment because I just couldn't figure out a solution. And I went on stage and my mom was watching me and she was like, what happened to you? you're usually amazing on stage. You didn't know what you were going to do. And I was like, no, I didn't. She's like, you need to practice. And when you go back up there for finals, you need to nail it, you know, and like, bless my mom. She's amazing. And thank you for coming to all my shows. But she was right in that moment. I needed to be able to switch my mindset instead of being, Oh, I got thrown a curveball. How do I find a solution instead of getting stuck in the problem? Right. And just being <laughs> open to that. Yeah, and that's that's exactly, I mean, where I was, well, that's not exactly where I was going, but that's a good way to expand upon what I was thinking about when I was talking about mindset, because, yes, I wanted to, A, address the fear factor, but, B, you're right, (laughs) the athletes need to be given every opportunity to have their head game straight going into this. I mean, if they've already made the choice to compete, and go to that venue, then they've dealt with that aspect of any fear that, not all fear, but a lot of the fear that they've already been dealing with. They've made that choice. They're going to do it. So now let's give them the tools that they need to be their best and not be in a situation like you were in because of the last minute switch. And so, you know, I have Uh seen promoters that do a good job of putting out a pre-show packet, and now that packet Uh is going to have to be expanded to include whatever circumstances are pertinent for today's competitor. And if promoters have never given their athletes a pre-show packet before they got to the venue with their, you know, check-in folders, they need to adapt, or I would highly recommend that they adapt so they are communicating well in advance. And those, that's, I mean, that's just a great point everyone's going to have to be at a minimum more buttoned up with their communication. So athletes have, all the information that they're going to need going into it. And even when they're trying to get athletes to register, they need to be able to communicate, you know, what, how the venue is going to run. So that's part of their decision-making process. Cause we already know athletes procrastinate to the last minute. Some are Johnny on the <laughs> dot and they're registered a year in advance, but you know, the majority of us out there are registering, <laughs> you know, only I'm two and three weeks out. Which drives, which drives promoters crazy, but this is probably going to put a lot of them on the fence even longer. So, you know, if mm-hmm. anything, promoters, if you haven't thought about your communication strategy for this, you really need to work through that because that's going to be your number one tool in your arsenal. Even if the organization heads aren't coming out with anything, you need to stop mm-hmm. and think about that and really partner with your venues on what they're going to allow and not going to allow. That's a whole other um, piece right there. A whole nother beat. Ooh. If you're not a good communicator, you're going to become one. <laughs> you better be one. <laughs> <After> that. <laughs> I got that a question well, that's here. That's a great challenge. <laughs> oh, I got a question here from Kathy. That's right. I got a question here from Kathy. And she's asking, what does body fat have to do as playing a role in overall health and is the natural bodybuilding competitor at higher risk with their body fat depleted mm-hmm. to the lean they present on stage? Uh, Tara, we'll start with you. Tara. So does body, yeah, so body fat does play a role. When we get yes. to the body fat percentage, and Kaylin actually made a good point of this, Maybe maybe it was the last time we talked where we talked about how extreme some natural bodybuilding has gotten. When your body is depleted to that point, you just don't simply don't have enough fat stores to keep your body functioning at an optimal level. 
And if you're not there, then you are more susceptible to, to getting sick or, you know, even if it's just getting a cold or the sniffles or whatever, you are just more susceptible. So does it mean everyone is going to get sick? No. And that's like not the point of it, but it is just to be aware of, you know, making sure that your, your health comes first before any bodybuilding show, before anything else. And I think that's a really good reminder for everyone that going in, if you start feeling fatigued or if you start feeling a little sick, get some some extra sleep, drink some water, and make sure that you're taking maybe better precautions than we normally would to take care of that. Kalen? Well, yeah, it definitely plays a role. And I think one of the yeah, Tara and I did talk about this, and it, it's something I, you know, I've always been concerned with natural athletes being able to stay natural because the push to look leaner and leaner and leaner, somebody has to put their foot down to say, you know, it's costing you your health to do so. Because truly competitive people, and I always go back to Michael Jordan because these people exist, and they've been existing since, you know, time and memoriam. They're willing to go as far as they have to and put themselves at any risk for the sake of getting that first place. And I am included in that with the understanding that I want to, you know, if I could go further, I'm going to push that envelope. And it's not always been to the best of my health in the process of doing it. So, you know, if we're not going to rein it in to a point where we're saying, you know, bodybuilding is going to be about the look of your body and not the leanness only, then we are part of the problem as well. And if we're not, like I said, if we're not doing preemptive strikes, I, I love how we used to have uh, preventive maintenance at jobs and everybody had to basically ensure that things were in place before the job even started. There should be a certain thing going, you know, with the, the mindset of an athlete that their health has to be number one, even if they don't know the limits that uh, they, they need to be putting on themselves before they start putting their health at risk. And like I said, I've seen the enhanced side, I've seen the natural side, and I said there's a problem in both, simply because we're not as concerned about the overall health of the athlete as we should be. I'm not saying the grand scheme of things that everyone is a problem. I'm saying that we can't let anyone slip through the cracks and still say we're doing a good job. So if we're going to be addressing it and we've got a scrap you know, the, the, the certain platform and, and start over, I'm thinking this is a great time to do so and moving forward ensure the health and welfare of the athlete and also ensure the sustainability of the shows, the venues, and the promoters as well. Because I'm not saying, you know, for the sake of the athlete, you know, everything falls on the onus of everyone else. That That's not fair to anyone. I'm saying on the onus of, of the health of the sport, of the athlete, of the venue, of the promoter. All of these things should play a role in coming up with a common denominator that brings about proper communication and proper protection of everyone involved. That's what I'm saying. So, you know, body fat does play a role, but, you know, you still have to have a, a, a lean on stage that shows the definition of every muscle that you're supposed to be presenting. And there is a happy medium. I know that for sure because I, I look at uh, bodybuilding back in the day and I know there were plenty of natural athletes that were stepping on stage and they looked absolutely amazing, but they didn't have to be basically de- depleting the muscles for the sake of the lean on the stage with that appearance. That's what I'm saying, and I hope I didn't rant too long and get too far off topic. Death, what do you think? <laughs> That's his story, and he's sticking to it, and I think I'm going to go into a little uh, different direction here for a moment. Well, because I can't. Yes, you can. <laughs> because I'm on the phone, people. I'm on the phone, and I can say it. And what I just really want to talk about is, you know, we were talking about fat and how that's important and, you know, muscle and depletion and how that impacts us. But a big part of this, too, is is the immune system. And when you are so lean and depleted, you're obviously not 
taking in all of the nutrients that you need to be in order to build up your immune system. I mean, if if you want to think about it, if you really want to break it down, yes, being lean is part of it, but why is being lean impacting your health so much? It's because you're not feeding your body, in my opinion, with everything that you could. You're not eating the same variety of foods, and you're eating a lot less of foods. And I know that bodybuilders are big on supplementation, um, but the supplements that we really focus on don't have I shouldn't say don't have anything to do. They have very little to do with vitamins and minerals. So I'm just going to stand on my soapbox here just for a little bit and saying in a depleted state, a multivitamin, add it to your mix. You're so focused on ordering your protein and your pre-workout and your post-workout and and your BCAs and all of that, make sure you have got a really fantastic multivitamin in there. If you're deficient, no, it's not going to replace everything, but it's going to give your body a little bit of what it is searching for. And, you know, a lot of the vitamins that you need for building muscle anyway, they're the same vitamins that are important to battling viruses. So they work together. You want your vitamin D. You want your vitamin A. Um, vitamin C, not doing a whole lot for the muscles per se, but that's building your immune system. Get your B vitamins in there. A lot of BCAs do have vitamin B. So be checking. Be checking what's in your materials, your supplements, if you're getting any of the additives in there. Um, your omega-3 fatty acids, all of that stuff. Mm, um, and several Bs, you want to have all that in there. And so that way you're not only building up your muscles by feeding them with those vitamins, but you're also feeding your immune system. So that's, that's my rant and soapbox. Uh, Get a, get a multi. And, and, and that's all I have to say. (laughs) I love it. That was awesome. Well, you that was such you a good, jumping in? It was such a good point. Yes, yes. <laughs> that, was, that was such I a mean, good point, and I think I think that we sometimes don't like we focus so much on the look, you know, and we give so much so much validation and appreciation for the look that sometimes we need to also make sure that what's behind it is like healthier and more sustainable. So I think that was a really good point to that. I mean, well, if, if, if we can't control, go ahead, well, KP. No, what I'm just going to say, if we can't control. Oh, goodness, we're doing it. We're doing it. Real. You're going ahead. You're going ahead this time. Okay, what I was going to say is, you know, it's this is that, you know, we have this big bus, and that would be our food. And basically the multivitamin is the bus driver because it's going to basically take all that food where it needs to go in the best way possible with the least amount of risk to the health of the body. So if, if we're doing that on a daily basis, our immunity system is a well-moving, functioning thing. It's when it's in disarray is when our health is at risk. Uh, I, we talk about cortisol. We talk about stress. We talk about changes yeah. in people's mindset. And all of these things play a factor in, in how our immunity adapts to the thing. And I, I love how the, Dr. Peter was talking about how, you know, we can't run on a constant fight-or-flight mentality because then our body starts to struggle and goes into overdrive to try and protect us from ourselves. And we never want to be at that point. But you figure this is what a competitor is dealing with every time they're getting ready for a show. So if, if um, you know, they're not taking the multivitamins, they're already putting themselves in a bad spot, not even knowing. And I, I remember one of the things that always used to get me was when someone would deplete water. I'm thinking, well, that's basically making sure that your body stays hydrated to get all this stuff moving around. But because we have these, things that we do with our health and it's considered par for the course and you know if if this is what's going on then that multivitamin is a sure sign that we don't need to take it because that's just some other calorie that we're putting in our body so you know there's a lot of things that we do 
that need to be addressed personally. And that's what I was talking about, where you can't just look at the promoter and say, he's got to do this. And then if someone were to ask you, well, what are you going to do? And you say, well, I'm just going to do what I normally do. Well, the change happens on both sides in order for change to be effective. If we're not doing our part, then that's a problem as well. Yes. I mean, and that's basically where I was going. There's only so much that we can control. And I think that's a lot of where the uncertainty comes in because there's so much we can't control, but the parts that we can control, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty significant as well. And, and if the thing that you, if the only thing you can control is how you are nourishing your body and if you're put, getting it the right vitamins and minerals, then control that. And you will be doing a big part in not only protecting your health, but protecting the health of those around you because your body is in a state to be healthier, even if it's depleted. But this is like you both have touched on that this is a really good time and a great opportunity for us to dispel some of the stupid things like that have been the like kind of par for the course poor practices that have been in place where people just, you know, will follow whatever their coach says. And I think this is also an opportunity to say to new competitors out there, like, don't blindly follow anyone. You know, if you have a question about something, that's why you pay a professional. And if you have a question about something like a water drop or, you know, um, cutting calories, like an extreme calorie cut or something like that, ask your coach about it or, you know, just find out more information because there are a lot of practices that are still in place because nobody is questioning them. And as a first time competitor, you know, sometimes you just don't, you don't know what you don't know. And sometimes it takes, you know, one or two coaches that maybe use some of the kind of archaic practices to realize, like, hey, maybe I don't have to do it that way, or maybe there is another option. So it's just, it's kind of a, it's a good time to talk about that stuff and also make sure that people are given, kind of giving themselves permission to ask, you know, because I have a lot of my competitors are like, well, my trainer is busy. They're dealing with all this stuff that's going on, and I'm like, yeah, but you're also, like, they're part of your team. They're part of your support system. If you have a question, that's what you're paying for, you know? Exactly. So ask them. Ask them. That's the only person that can help you with that. Awesome. I think just a great conversation tonight, guys. I think we had more questions than we did answers, but that's okay. I mean, at least we are asking <laughs> the questions, and that's how things that's get solved is when the questions are asked, yep, and then solutions are sought after. So um, so where do we take it from here? (laughs) We're all hungry for solutions. (laughs) So where do we take it from here? Um, You know, what, now that we've asked all these questions, so I'll just put the onus on us. Um, You know, we're we're not promoters at this point, so there's not a whole lot we can do on that front moving forward, but from the positions that we are in as far as athletes, coaches, industry advocates, what can we do moving forward? What can we do ladies to first. help support the solution moving forward? So I guess if it's ladies first, I you know what? I, I'll go ahead since I'm asking the tough question. I'll just go and throw it out there. You know, one thing that's on my heart and mind then is, you know, given the position that Kayla and I hold with being host of a radio talk show is that we know a lot of people and we know a lot of the industry heads. And I am going to make sure that before um, next Tuesday, so I'm going to give myself a week, I will have reached out to the industry heads that I know to post post these kinds of questions to, to see if they have any plans in place or what their vision is going forward so that I can report back and share. That is one thing that I can do is, um, you know, seek answers. And if not thinking that we can do, well, you can't steal mine. Well, I will share with you. I will share with you. There's enough, <laughs> to, go There's enough to go around. We are, we are too awesome. I'm going to share. I'm going to share. I'm going to do that. My mom taught me to play in the sandbox well with others. Um, but that's Without one thing that we can do. And if they're not thinking, if they're not thinking about it, we can be that thorn in their sides to be like, dude, you need to think about it. 
All right. So there's mine. Yeah. I throw that out there. Tara, Tara, what are your thoughts? What What can you do to help push this solution? So I I love that, and I think that the first step for me was talking to my competitors and my clients about it. On our now we do Zoom calls instead of meeting in person. So making sure that we're talking about these things as a possibility and that they're aware that things are going to change. And I think that one thing that I can help with is continuing to ask questions of the promoters that I'm connected with, the people that are in the industry that I'm connected with, so that we can make this a conversation that nobody's scared of having or that we can just start, like, asking the questions to people who can put together solutions. Like, I love that you talked about, you know, the competitors packet and, making sure that the promoters are doing a really great job of communicating because I think that that will play such a significant role in all of this. So even just asking the promoters here, like, what are the protocols going to be? You know, is this something that you're putting together in like a welcome packet for the competitors and how can we get this information out? Very good. All right, KP, what do you have to add? Well, just the top five would be one is, you know, like you said, getting the information from the promoter to the competitor, uh, the, com- the competitor asking these questions openly without uh, fear of uh, repercussion, uh, the understanding that, you know, it's your choice to go there to the venue. And then number two would be basically uh, the parameters needed for your personal safety aligning with that of the venue and the promoter's understanding of what they expect of you. And then number one, you know, what what is your health to begin with? Because if you take an extreme yeah. measures to compete, your health is already at risk. So your immunity is at risk. And, and these are the things uh, you need to look into long before you make it to that venue like Des was talking about. And for me, I know Snickerdoodle is going to have my back no matter what, so I'm going to be showing up looking <laughs> like a million-dollar that was fantastic. I love the listening to your countdown, your number one, the thing, the word that popped into my head was just responsibility. Everyone yes. take responsibility mm-hmm. at the level they are responsible for. And athletes, the organization heads, and the promoters, they can only be responsible for so much. You have to be responsible for you and making sure that you are not taking unnecessary risks. Because I know we're, we're prone to want to do that. We want to compete. Mm-hmm. We worked hard for several months. We've sacrificed. By Jove, I'm not going to let a little sniffle this, that, and the next thing stop me. Well, make sure it's more than allergies before you make that decision, you know, or something like that. But taking responsibility at every level is ultimately what's going to help this move smoothly in the future. And, if you so, are drinking, uh, you know, snickerdoodle and or chocolate whey with your um, multivitamin and your omega-3. Health is already improved. <laughs> That's right. Health is already elevated. So on behalf of movers and shakers like Tara Thatcher, Kaylin Patterson, the boys at P4P Muscle, and myself, your body is a temple, folks. So let's build it. <laughs> 